This episode is sponsored by GummyCube. Did you know that GummyCube has a number of popular services for app entrepreneurs like us, but they have something called Focus Group, which actually helps you optimize your icons, your screenshots, and your videos. Uh, to learn more, go to www.gummycube.com and go and click on the Focus Group uh, iPhone that you can see on the homepage. So go to gummycube, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com and thanks to Gummy Cube for being such a great sponsor of the show. This episode is sponsored by Apptentive. Uh, Apptentive has given us a way as app entrepreneurs to get customer feedback directly within the app. So to sign up for a free mobile app consultation, go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase, apptentive, A-P-P-T-E-N-T-I-V-E.com forward slash app guy. And thank you so much, Apptentive, for supporting this show. Hi, my name is Greg Devlin. I'm with the Neon Tiki Tribe, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. This is where we go around the world and meet with lots of app entrepreneurs, app founders, really awesome people to help inspire our own entrepreneurial journeys. And you know, I've recently had uh, people who have written in and said that they've changed their lives, they've uh, quit work, they've gone out and become app entrepreneurs themselves, uh, they've gone to uh, live in other countries and it's just, it's really awesome. So this is the show if you are interested in becoming an app uh, entrepreneur, an app founder, startup founder, please stay tuned. We've got a really interesting episode. Now, uh, this is a really uh, a great founder. He is the founder of uh, Yes No. His name is uh, Joe Grano and he is also the maker of something called Yes No Messenger, which we're going to find out about right now. So Joe, uh, it's a warm welcome to the App Guide podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be part of this. It is. And, you know, yours is one of the easiest names to remember. Yes, no. One of the uh, new uh, <laughs> phrases in the English language. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, tell us about um, Yes, No Messenger. What, what does it do and what sort of problems is it trying to solve? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the good thing about the name. It kind of markets itself and is pretty self-explanatory. So... Yes, no is it's a messaging app, and it's I mean it's incredibly simple. You ask questions. Uh, questions are limited right now to forty-two characters, and the recipients of the questions can only press yes or no to respond. So you know it's it's structured like a messaging app, but it obviously has a lot of uh, polling capabilities. And you know from a as far as use cases go, you know the most practical example I could give is if you're trying to maybe coordinate something with a group of friends, you know, I'm a, I'm a part of a lot of group texts and I'm, and I'm, as I'm sure most people are, and sometimes it can just get kind of crazy frustrating if you're trying to make a decision about, you know, what to do, where to go on a Friday night or something like that, there'll be 35 mess messages sent back and forth and no one can give a clear answer. So something like yes, no is meant to really remove that kind of indecision and just say, you know, hey guys, want to meet at this bar at eight o'clock and people can only press yes or no to respond. So that's kind of like the simplest use case example I could give. But then, you know, it also, you know, another example would be if a girl's trying on a dress at a store and wants to ask like a group of her friends if she should buy it or not, then her friends can just reply yes or no, you know, and so from that sense, it has, you know, a real kind of practical use in everyday life. But once, once you get into the polling capabilities of it, 
what we're doing actually is um, it's going to link to Twitter, our next version that's going to be uploaded. So you'll be able to post a question to Twitter, and if you have a lot of Twitter followers, if you have 1,000, 10,000, a million Twitter followers, that's a lot of yes-no responses you can get very seamlessly. So there's a lot of power in something like that um, from a polling perspective. And you know, I think brands could find a lot of use in that as well as just a regular consumer. Yeah, Joe, I love uh, this podcast. I love this show because it gets me to meet with people like yourself. And uh, it, it really is one of the most simplest uh, of ideas, yet the most remarkable in terms of the problem it's solving. We all, all of us listening to this right now can probably appreciate the back and forth you get via email, via messaging, whatever it may be. And no one makes a decision. So to right. force a yes, no, is, it just really is. Uh, it's like the first time I've come across this uh, idea of a, a, a yes or no. Uh, I'd love to know about monetizing the app as well, because you mentioned brands. I can imagine there'd be a lot of uh, interest in using this from a brand perspective to get feedback. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think like any app, it really it's really contingent on a on a user base, and if you get eyeballs, then obviously that's where the value comes in. So that's why I wanted to make the app. I really wanted to focus on the messaging component so that it could be something fun and sticky that people want to use. Because if you do reach that kind of critical mass, then from a polling perspective, that's when the brands can really, really, you know, take interest. And, you know, right now, given the, you know, the elections in the United States and all these Republican debates and everything, just that's like the easiest low hanging fruit that, you know, you could probably think of for how useful something like this could be. You know, just wanted to get a perspective of, did you think Donald Trump, you know, sounded like an idiot in that last debate and people just press yes <laughs> or no, you know, something like that. But, but, you know, like if it's a brand that wants to get feedback on a new logo, like, hey guys, do you like this new logo? And, you know, they could just launch a yes, no question. And it's as simple as just pressing a button and, you know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of really neat opportunities in the whole. My goal is to grow the app and grow the user base to a point where brands would say, "Okay, we could get a lot of use out of this and really get some valuable feedback." Because yes, no data that's like very that's the best data there is, really. You know? Uh, yes, I do. And uh, in in a way, we're um, uh, you reminded me of the fact that we recently launched an app that got to number two in the, the app store. We were really thrilled about that and. Uh, oh, cool! What was Mine, the app? Beat, it was called Fit Men Cook. I was involved in the launch, and uh, it beat Minecraft and, and almost got to number one. But uh, and after that, I've had a lot of listener questions about launching. Uh, it, it, it is um, on everyone's mind how to get eyeballs to apps. You mentioned it there. Launch growing the app. Have you learned anything with regards to uh, getting this and you know downloaded more and used more and uh, just getting it more distributed? I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's the big question. That's the, trickiest, that's the trickiest thing and the biggest hurdle that anyone, you know, any entrepreneur launching an app has to face. Like, how do you get it out there? How do you market it? With millions of apps literally coming out every week, you know, how do you, how do you differentiate yourself and get noticed in the fray? Um, fortunately, in my case, I'm actually, I'm, I'm partnering with a huge social media star who's, who's, uh, owns a piece of this app. His name is Logan Paul. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he's one of these Vine superstars. There's these kids that became really huge on Vine 
creating really, you know, really good, funny, clever content. And he's one of the best ones, if not the best one, in my opinion. And he's got like 8 million followers on Vine, you know, 1.5 million on Instagram. So across all his platforms, he's got these millions and millions of followers. And when I first came up with the concept for Yes, No, I basically pitched it to him and, and he loved it. And he thought he could get a lot of value out of it too, whether it's, you know, asking if people like, you know, the content he created or just being funny and asking funny questions. He really saw, he really saw the potential in the app. So he's going to really be instrumental in kind of blasting it out there and, and using it and, uh, you know, getting people excited about it because it's an app that he wants to use, not just promote and say, hey, go download my app. It's something that he actually thinks he will use all the time. So that gives me a really huge leg up from a marketing and visibility standpoint, because otherwise it really is difficult to get your app noticed and out there, you know? You know, actually, what I'm thinking of is you're reminding me of an episode I had way uh, last year, I think uh, uh, episode 97, I do remember the number, uh, where we learned about the importance of using top influencers to help release your app. And to me, that's become like the most obvious way to release an app is give up some equity in the app, sell the idea, and and then have the influencer do most of the legwork in terms of getting uh attraction how did i mean is it a sort of case where you you just pitched the the idea or how did you get in front of uh, logan to to actually pitch the idea yeah you know it's actually so i've i've been in the kind of the app game since early 2013 and i had launched another app previously called snippet which is it's like uh it's an app it's a music app a social music app where you can make mini music videos and sync song clips with videos and when I first launched that one, <coughs> Logan and all these kids on Vine were really just kind of starting to blow up. And so I kind of saw this trend happening. So I reached out to some of them and I said, hey, would you, you know, I wanted to get them to start promoting my app Snippet at the time. And this is before they became like these kind of mega superstars like they are now. So I, I formed relationships with people like Logan and some of these other kids really early on. And that was that proved very, very, you know, fortuitous because I don't think any of any anybody could have guessed like this new breed of celebrity that could have emerged from from the app Vine because these kids are like, you know, they're twenty years old making a lot of money and they're basically like superstars now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you are, you, you've got a crystal ball there, and uh, clearly you, you must have been uh, like quite. It's quite fortuitous that uh, you. Uh, ended up, you know, getting these stars early on, but uh, we all see these platforms that are emerging, and it's just a case of finding out and f who's going to be like top on these new platforms and uh, uh, and building up relationships early. That's really useful. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, I got lucky, but you know, like any industry, relationships are so important. And I actually, I live in LA, and I've been involved in the entertainment industry for a long time, so. You know, I've, I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of access to a lot of people on that front. But forming these relationships with someone like Logan has, you know, it's it's proved invaluable because we're, we're also buddies. And you know, I got to call him up and be like, "Hey, let's have lunch. I have this app idea. I want to pitch you." You know, so I was I was really lucky in that sense. Yeah, and actually, there's not a lot of work from his perspective. Uh, you know, he's got the audience, but uh, he doesn't have to build the app. And uh, that was the case for Fit Men Cook, where uh, the you know, the app was aligned with uh, a pretty big celebrity for the recipes. And uh, so I want to talk about the fact you've been involved in this game since 2013. And there's a lot of people just starting out. What, 
What did you learn from uh, you know managing the costs as well? Because building an app is very expensive. Did you have you got any advice on raising money to do that or bootstrapping? Tell, tell us about your your experience with funding these projects. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I first started in 2013, I had this the idea for this app snippet, and I literally knew nothing. You know, like I I knew. I don't have any kind of programming or coding background for one thing, but I've also never really, really started a company entirely on my own. And so fortunately, I, had a, I have a co-founder. His name is Sam. He, um, he's my co-founder in Snippet and also Yes, No. And you know, I came up with the idea when I was visiting him. In New, I was, I'm from New Jersey, New York originally, and I was visiting New York, had this idea for Snippet, on actually walking to lunch with my, with my friend Sam, who became my co-founder. And we literally shook hands that day and said, okay, let's try to build this thing. And so what we did was we used an offshore team. We found this really, really talented group of developers based in Prague. And I mean, that just minimized costs incredibly because you know, we were talking to all these US domestic-based uh, app development companies and, and individuals. And everyone said, you know, to build this app that you want to build, it's going to cost you at least... $150,000. It's going to take six months. And, you know, we found this team in Prague that were hungry, really believed in the idea and the concept. And they built the app for about $40,000 in two and a half months. So, I mean, such a, such a significant reduction in cost and time. And I realized that there's just so much talent out there you know, in, whether it's in Eastern Europe or even India. And, and that's, to me, was essential in the beginning, at least, you know, before you raise a lot of money to really, you know, to really be cost effective. And to this day, I mean, even with Yes, No, the same team built Yes, No. And now I've got two full-time developers working directly for me based in Prague and also one domestic now. But um, that, you know, my advice for someone starting out is that you should really, you know, really broaden your search to, you know, don't think you have to build it domestically or get the biggest talent out of San Francisco or Silicon Valley because there is so much talent out there in the world. So, uh, Joe, what did you learn about uh, the kind of the things to to be able to pick out a really good team? Because, I mean, that's obviously a nightmare for many people now who try to, you know, try identify a team. There's so many uh, bad eggs out there. How, how can we identify the good ones from the, the, the bad ones. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's a matter of kind of like with any, you know, when you're interviewing anyone for a job, it's about how badly do they want it? Do they prove that they believe in what you're building and believe in the vision? But also they have to have the right talent and capabilities, you know? The, the big struggle that I found was, you know, th this is a team, they're a company that I was one of a few apps that they were working on. And it's really tough when you don't have people focused full time on executing your vision and always being there for the product. So what I've done with Yes No is I learned from a lot of the mistakes I made from my last app, and I've hired some individuals from that team to work directly for me, so that Yes No is the only thing that they're working on, and that makes a world of difference for sure. It's definitely tough to not all be able to sit in the same room together all the time, you know? It's a lot of Skype calls early in the morning for me and stuff like that. But having people devoted full-time to your app makes a world of difference. Oh, so Joe, you, so what you're saying is, what, have you taken them on full-time now or, or uh, you've actually contracted them to work full-time on your app? That's correct, and that, and that has right. made a huge difference for Yes, No. I think you'll want to check out this sponsor, Gummy Cube. 
they are supporting the show and they can help you market your app. They are enabling app store optimization, which actually is discoverability of your app. And if you think about one of the long running themes of this show, it's discoverability in the app stores. Well, GummyCube can help you out with discoverability. More than 50% of mobile apps are discovered via search. So why are you not thinking about your keywords, your title, your description, your screenshots, your icon, just getting some expert help so that you can be discovered in the app store. I mean, even if you've built the world's best app, you've still got to get it in front of your target market. And this is where GummyCube can help out. So I highly recommend going over and just checking out what they can do. It's best to go to their website, www.gummycube.com. That's www.gummycube.com. Or you can go to theappguy.co and search for Dave Bell and listen to his episode where he goes into great detail about what GummyCube are doing. And thank you very much to GummyCube for continuing to be a great supporter of this show. This show is sponsored by Apptentive. Uh, are you an app founder? Are you an app creator? Do you have people using your app? Uh, do you need to know more about this for your job? Whatever your situation, apptentive.com forward slash app guy is the place to go because you'll get a free mobile app consultation. And in fact, if you think about the successful guests that have been on this show, the number one thing that often comes out is the customer experience it is the major differentiator and so you need to be able to communicate effectively with your users uh, two-way communication and you also need to keep a lot of the negative uh, criticisms of bugs off of the reviews and into your personal messaging center it's vitally important to effectively communicate with your users and apptentive will help you do that so go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy all lowercase app tentive a-p-p-t-e-n-t-i-v-e dot com forward slash app guy and uh, go and check them out you get a free mobile app consultation when you go there get a free trial of their dashboard thank you so much to apptentive for continuing to support this show there's two more things we need to do before we say goodbye one is that uh, we, we often uh, as uh, app entrepreneurs uh, look for problems in the market you've identified a, a really awesome problem and uh, I was just wondering, like from your last uh, few months of uh, work, if you can identify for us a real frustration for you in business right now, a real problem uh, that you're focused on and, and uh, that is, is causing a, a kind of headache for you. Uh, and maybe we could flesh out an idea for a potential app to solve that problem. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm all about it. Um, I mean, honestly, the, I would say the biggest frustration I have, and I'm sure most any entrepreneur has, is just, you know, is the being able to to move quickly or quick enough because, you know, the market changes so quickly and you might have a great idea and it could be the, the right idea at the right time, but if you can't, you know, execute it and get it out there quick enough, then someone else could maybe come along and do it or or something like that. And that that's been my frustration because our team, you know, works. We have a great team that works so hard, but we have all these exciting features. The things we think are, you know, going to really, really resonate with with the consumer and with users. But it's just kind of like a race to get it done on time. And especially, you know, like I said, with this like crazy political nonsense going on in the United States, I feel like it's such a ripe environment for something like yes, no to ask for opinions on all the crazy stuff going on in the news and things like that. So really, I would just say, you know, 
the being able to get things done quickly and efficiently so you can react and get things out there when you want to get it out there. That's what's been frustrating. Yeah, because yeah, I can imagine as well, if you've got access to this uh, huge number of people through Logan, then you're going to identify a lot of different things that are potentially you know, great apps to launch to that community. Uh, but it's a case of like getting, what, a minimum viable product out there to uh, see if it will actually stick. Yeah, exactly, exactly, you know, and it... Uh and you want to see which features you know people take to, which they don't, you know, things like that. So, but we're we're I think we're we're in good shape. And right now, hopefully, as soon as next week, we'll have Twitter integration. So then we can really like turn Logan on, and he can start using it, asking questions on Twitter, and really you know take advantage of that following he has, and see how people respond to different things. So, Joe, there's one other uh, thing as well um, that. Uh, many of the people listening to this are actually still in full-time salaried employment or contracting. Well, uh, I would love to know from you what's life like as an entrepreneur, an app entrepreneur. I mean, you're calling from Italy, I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know whether that's work-related, but tell us what it's like to be you know, free from a, a boss in a kind of corporate setting and uh, life, you know, life as an, an app entrepreneur. Well, it's really funny you said that, and I was actually listening to the last podcast I think you did, which is juggling full-time work while doing apps, right? I think you just recently did that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I actually, in conjunction with all this app stuff I'm doing, I work in the entertainment industry, and I develop, and I'm, de- I'm developing basically TV shows and films for a pretty big uh, Hollywood producer and director. So I'm, I'm doing that. At the same time as doing this app stuff, but I pretty much work, I pretty much work. I have two full time jobs, but I basically work for myself. I don't have to. I don't have, like you said, a corporate structure or a boss. And the people I'm working with in the entertainment industry know that I'm doing this app stuff, and they love it. And they say, "Go do your thing." So I'm. I kind of work around the clock. I don't sleep much, but you know, any entrepreneur who's passionate about what they do will tell you that. You know, it's it doesn't feel like work. At least for me, it never really feels like work because you know you're, you're bas- it's basically your baby that you're trying to get out there and and you know create your own success essentially. So to me, when I'm working late or up early every morning because I got to be on Skype with the guys in Prague, like to me, it's not an annoyance. It doesn't feel like I'm getting up for work or that it's Monday morning. It's something that I love to do. You know what I mean? And. Uh, from someone who is what based in LA and you're involved in uh, what the Hollywood scene, uh, it must be just great to. Uh, I mean, is is it uh, is it a lot of fun being involved in uh, films and? Uh, it is a lot. I, I got to tell you, man, it is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, and that's also what's cool because, like, someone like Logan and a lot of the his friends that are these big Vine stars, they're really trying to break out into acting now. So I'm. You know, trying to help them out with that stuff. So, like, we we it's really good for our relationship. We have a great working relationship, and you know, and also just having access to people in the entertainment industry is really good for you know. If, if you're talking about visibility for an app, if you can get some people that have visibility to you know be like, "Ooh, this is a cool app I want to use," that can only help you. So, but it is a lot of fun. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> well, that is so inspiring. Now, you are in uh, the center of the universe when it comes to app usage. And uh, this is a show about apps. Do you have on your phone uh, an app that you could recommend to us that you feel like uh, we haven't maybe come across uh, that would be a good re- a good recommendation? Ooh, that's a you know I don't know. So you're based in oh. London, right? 
Yeah. So what, one thing that I've been using a lot in LA is, I mean, you know, nowadays it's like Uber for everything, basically, you know, all these services so you never have to leave your house again. And there's an app I've been using called Postmates, which is for food delivery. So any kind of restaurant near you that doesn't deliver food, Postmates will send someone to go get the food that you delivered and bring it to you. So it's like Uber for food delivery. And I've been using the, <laughs> and I've been using the same one for groceries called Instacart. Where it's, you know, you choose all the groceries you want, whether it's from Whole Foods or whatever is right in your area. And someone goes, picks up your groceries and brings it back to you. So for me, I hate going to the grocery store. I'm lost in there and it saves you so much time. So that's that, those are the, those kinds of services and those kinds of apps have been incredibly useful for me recently. I don't know if, I don't know if that's in London yet though. Uh, well, we're, we're desperately uh, waiting for a lot of this stuff to, to come to London. And, uh, uh, I mean, we've, we were able to order beer and get uh, deliveries of alcohol. That's, that's <laughs> probably the most important thing. That's number one most important. What about Joe, Uber? This... Is Uber in London? Yes, it is. It's actually uh, in London. And also, I, I spend a lot of time in Dubai. Uh, it's over there now. And, you know, the one thing uh, that I did notice with Uber uh, is that they're really up against a fight with the local, uh, you know, because, of course, like all these different cities make enormous amounts of money through the, their taxi network. Yeah. Uh, and so the government officials in Dubai are uh, like picking on the drivers and they'll, they'll pretend to be a customer and jump on in and then find the driver, even though uh, <laughs> Uber's, Uber's not been banned in Dubai uh, publicly. The drivers are getting, you know, like this, this kind of campaign against them. So Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. But, you know, it's, it's funny about London because I know in London, you know, to be a cab driver is a really big deal and you have to go to years of training from what I understand. So how do, how do people react when just some, you know, Joe Schmo comes along and is driving Uber when they've, you know, when the taxi industry takes everything so seriously? It must be interesting, huh? Yeah, well, we've got one of our big success stories is where um, a big uh, fund copied Uber really early on. Uh, well, let's not say that. Let's say uh, it was inspired by uh, the idea and then uh, approached three taxi drivers, London taxi drivers that had been there for years. And uh, they set up Halo. And uh, I think that's a multi-billion company now. And, wow. Uh, yeah, they've, uh, they've got a big chunk of the market, but it's for the, the black cabs. And so they're not... Uh, you know, disrupting it from the, uh, the, the the actual traditional drivers who, yes, they have had to memorize pretty much uh, half of London. Uh, so hence yeah, they're all crazy. very smart. <laughs> so, Joe, how do we best reach out and connect with you? Of course, anyone listening and driving uh, or listening to this without the ability to uh, write stuff down can go to theappguy.co and it's episode 361 and you'll see all the notes to contact Joe and um, to uh, download Yes, No. Uh, but in the meantime, how can we reach out and connect with you? Uh, with me? Yeah. Uh, do you, are you, if anyone's been inspired and would uh, like to ask, ask you a Yes, No question, <laughs> how do we do Yeah, that? well, listen, you can, you know, I'm on Twitter. My Twitter handle is uh, JCG85. And uh, I'm going to be asking tons of Yes, No questions on Twitter soon. We got lots of cool features coming out. Um, you know, one thing I just want to mention before we go is the next big thing we're going to be working on is kind of localized yes, no questions. So that'll be like geofenced. So if you're like in LA or in New York, anyone will be able to post a question to the app and everyone else in that region will be able to respond to it. So you could ask questions that, you know, are relevant to your area. So it's kind of like a yik yak model for yes, no questions. So that we're really excited about.
So I just wanted to throw that out there before we hung up. Yeah, that is uh, also a very uh, valid thing because, you know, again, we're in the UK. Sometimes we're not that bothered about the uh, election results and <laughs> seems to right. dominate the uh, uh, the U.S. press. So yeah, uh, <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, well, listen, uh, I really uh, appreciate you having me. It was a pleasure. And um, a Joe, we, can, we can't doing. say goodbye. We can't say goodbye until you ask answer a yes no question. Who do you think is going to be the next president of the United States? <laughs> do, you, do you think Donald Trump will be the next president? And I hope the I think the answer. My answer is no. So we'll see what how the how the users the viewers. Think. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific, Joe. Thanks. Thanks for your time. All the best. All right. Thanks so much, Paul. Take care. Bye. Bye. Just to remind you that this show is sponsored by GummyCube. GummyCube are a big data company that are collecting data into DataCube, which is pulling data from the app stores, Google Play and the Apple App Store. So go and use an app store optimization company that is getting its data from the app stores and not from web searches, which do not relate really to what's going on in the app store. Go and check them out. It's www.gummycube.com. Thank you very much to GummyCube. They're just such a great supporter of this show. Also remember this episode has been brought to you by Apptentive. They are sponsoring this show. Go and show them some love. Go and check out apptentive.com forward slash app guy. It's a unique page set up for us and they get to try uh, to help you with a free mobile app consultation. Uh, It will enable you to do effective two-way communication with your users of your app. So go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy, apptentive.com forward slash app guy. Thank you so much to Apptentive for supporting the show. So we have a lot of really amazing guests coming up. I mean, for example, I was uh, very recently chatting with someone who's going to be on the show soon. Uh, do you realize this guy, this founder, startup uh, entrepreneur, is delivering uh, more than the Super Bowl worth of ads every single day? Uh, he's delivering 180 million in app video ads, and uh, it's his own company. He started, he talks through his journey. Uh, that is um, uh, more than the Super Bowl because they have about 112 million viewers that they uh, deliver to. So, and that's on a daily basis. So these are really disruptive uh, companies and great founders to get to know. So I want to make sure that I'm asking the right questions and uh, making sure it's targeted for you. And so I wanted to, again, encourage you to go to theappguy.co forward slash survey. That's theappguy.co forward slash survey, S-U-R-V-E-Y, all lowercase. And you can then uh, help me uh, shape this show uh, you could also, uh, you know, just put your questions down on um, uh, an email, uh, paul at theappguy.co, paul at theappguy.co, or uh, paul underscore s underscore kemp for Twitter. Let me know what you think, and let's make the most of these great guests coming up. Thanks a lot for listening, and uh, see you soon. Bye for now.